0: And in the fourth watch of the night, He came to them. Jesus came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw Him walking in the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Let's pray. God, we come to You today thanking You. For your love and and your passion for us i thank you that you care so deeply about each person here god about each person that's watching through live stream um, or listening on our website god we thank you for your love for us and that no matter what surrounds us no matter how troubling the seas around our lives how dark uh, the night is how dark the waters are no matter what is going on there is hope for every person, uh, and that hope is found in You. And that is our prayer today as we study Your Word, that we would all find our hope in You, that we would place our hope in You, um, and that Your hope would transform and change our lives. And so help us, Lord, as we study this Word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So as we study God's Word together today, we uh, have sermon notes in the bulletin that you can follow along with and fill in the blanks. Uh, so as the points are displayed on the screen, the highlighted words are words that you can fill in. Um, I read somewhere uh, that you remember so much more uh, if you, uh, when you know, you remember so much when you hear it, a certain percentage, um, and then if you'll write it down, you'll You know, it significantly increases how much you can remember um, and take home with you. And so, uh, the more engaged you are, uh, the more you'll take away from any study uh, as you study the Bible or study a book or study anything. um, The more active you get in it, writing things down, memorizing things. Uh, of course, the more you absorb. And so we always encourage you to go deeper, uh, push yourself to go further. If you're somebody that uh, doesn't read anything, then you're going to have to push yourself to, to be a student of Scripture and to study God's Word. And, uh, and so we encourage you to do that. Uh, but today, uh, we start off just thinking about that passage that we just read, that Jesus Christ is a sea-walking Savior. Uh, it's such a powerful thing to think about. Uh, and uh, and it, but it's also a story that you may have heard since you were a kid. So it just flies You don't you don't take in how a really amazing it is. But uh, drive to Whitney this week and look at that big old lake and think about just walking across it, and how amazing that would be to to have that power. But that's the savior that we believe in. That's the Savior that the Bible presents to us and that Christians for thousands of years have worshipped. And so our first point today, Jesus is a sea-walking Savior. And those willing to believe in Him and walk by faith will find hope and and harvest and harbor and help. And most importantly, will find heaven. Uh, And so I want you to think about that today. Uh, we've got to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. We've got to put our faith in Him and walk by faith in Him. If we want to find hope, if we want to experience the harvest that God has for us, if we want to find a safe harbor in the storms of life, if we want to find the help we need, and most importantly, we want to know eternal life and experience heaven and so our sea walking savior declared in verse 27 take heart it is I do not be afraid take heart it is I do not be afraid and I don't know what you're going through today that you might need to hear that but in the world that we're living in we need to hear that take heart the King James Version I think says Uh, Take courage. or uh, There's different ways to, to word that. But be strong. Know that Jesus is there. That He is a presence alive and well today. You don't have to fear. Whatever you're going through, there's nothing that's greater than God. There's nothing that's greater than Jesus. Take heart. Jesus says, I'm here. It is I. Do not be afraid. And so the challenge for us is that when storms come, as we talked about in Sunday school today and in looking at our seawalking Savior in this passage, whatever surrounds your life, whether it be darkness or distance, uh, whatever it is, whatever destructive forces, our challenge is to walk by faith and not by sight. And that's the verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that any of us can memorize. Walk by faith and not by sight. We're born walking by sight. That's what the flesh does. Uh, Whatever is pleasing to the eye, whatever is whatever tastes good, whatever we can touch, taste, and feel, and experience with our senses, that's walking by sight. That's what I trust in. That's the sinful nature. That's the wide road that Jesus describes that leads to destruction. But the challenge for us is to walk by faith. To walk by faith and not by sight. So while walking by faith and not by sight, I want to challenge you through, through Matthew chapter 14 that throughout history, God has allowed His people to endure persecution, prison, and death. So that's the whole walking by faith part, is that we're going to experience persecution. We might even be put in prison for the beliefs that we have in God. It happens every day all over the world. We might even be killed for following Jesus Christ. So where do we get those ideas? Where, where does this guy, where does this, what comes from right there in chapter 14? Look at the first verse. We learn about the death of John the Baptist. It says, At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus and he says to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these miracles are at work in him. So Herod's afraid because he killed John the Baptist and he's like, Wait a minute, has he come back to life? For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother his brother's uh, Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. So John had been standing up to this man saying, you should, you're, you're living in sin. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people. So Herod wanted to put John the Baptist to death. Because of what he was saying, because he was telling him, calling him out on his sin, but he was afraid because the people knew the power of God was in John's life as a prophet. Verse 6 But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask, prompted by Her mother, she said, give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry because of his oaths and his guests. He commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl. And she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Hear that story. This is John the Baptist. Jesus said there was no one greater than John the Baptist. That he was a a man of God, a true man of God. One of the truest men of God that, that, that ever lived. And God allowed him to be put in prison. For standing up for truth, God allowed him to be beheaded. And we've got to soak that in and remember that. That in this world, we're going to have things that try our faith. We're going to go through hardships and trials and struggles. That is why we're called to walk by faith. If everything went great in your life, you'd just walk by sight. Yay! Here's another blessing today. Woohoo! Things are going my way. Everything's wonderful. And the truth is, you wouldn't need God at all. You wouldn't even think about Him because... You wouldn't need to. You'd be have it all figured out on your own. And you would think, man, I am great and I deserve everything. Uh, and everything is coming my way and going my way. But the struggles and the trials and the hardships remind us, you are not God. This world does not revolve around you. God is the Creator. God is to be worshipped. And, and they turn our hearts to God. Uh, And so, God allows people, His people, to endure persecution and prison and death. So while we walk by faith and not by sight, be mindful of that. John the Baptist is just one story. There are volumes of books written on the martyrs of God, the martyrs of Jesus Christ, who have endured persecution and prison and death. Our next point today, while walking by faith, or walking by faith is hoping in God, not in the absence of problems, pain, suffering, and grief, but in the midst of problems, pain, suffering, and grief. So that's the heart of it. Walking by faith is I'm going to have problems, I'm going to have suffering, I'm going to have grief, I'm going to struggle. But I'm going to do so with my hope firmly planted in God. And in the midst of those problems, God is going to be number one. In the midst of that pain, God is going to be number one in my life. In the midst of my suffering, Jesus Christ is my Savior and my hope. In, my, in the midst of the grief that I'm going to endure, Jesus Christ is my hope. In my, in my resurrected Savior and Lord. And so it's not in the absence of those things that I walk by faith. In the presence of those things. In the midst of those things, I put my hope in God. And I, and I put my trust in Him. If we think about verses 22 and 24 in Matthew chapter 14, it says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go before Him. And He dismisses the crowd. He goes by Himself to pray. And then in the evening, the boat that He put the disciples in, they're in the middle of the sea, beaten by the waves. And the wind is against them. And it's dark. And Jesus sent them out in that boat. He sent them out there. And, uh, and so it was in the midst of that storm that they experienced Jesus Christ. And so walking by faith is daily bringing what we have to God and trusting in Him for the harvest. That's walking by faith. Whatever the storm, whatever the trial, every day I bring what I have to God and I trust Him for the harvest. And that's what they did in in 13. Uh, it says when, when, uh, when Jesus heard this in verse 13 of Matthew 14, He withdrew from there uh, in a boat to a desolate place by Himself. But when the crowds... Oh, and, and so just so after Jesus hears about uh, the death of John the Baptist, He draws to a desolate place. So that gives us more of the context of why He went alone to pray. But when the crowds heard it, they followed Him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Now it was evening and the disciples came to him and said, "This is a desolate place. And the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go to their villages and buy food for themselves." But if you know the story, you know that Jesus is saying that to test them. And then he tells them to go uh, to the you know he's going he says they said that We have only five loaves here and two fish. So they're like, how are we going to feed these people? This is all we have. But they bring what they have to Jesus, and He feeds thousands and thousands of people. He brings the harvest. And so some of our struggle as we walk by faith is, my struggle and I'm sure your struggle, I want to see people know the Lord, and I want to see their lives change. And I want to see them stop walking by sight and stop trusting um, in themselves and in the, the wickedness of this world and, and be delivered and healed and set free. That's, that's our passion as Christians in our heart. And yet we have to daily bring what we have to God and trust Him for the harvest. You and I, we can plant and we can sow the seed, but God has to bring the harvest. And so that's a huge part of walking by faith. All they had to do was bring what they had to Jesus and He fed them. They brought their sick to Jesus and He healed them. And so that's our hope and our challenge is to remember that. Trusting in Him for the harvest, trusting in Him. And then we're mindful as we walk by faith that our safe harbor is in Jesus Christ. A harbor is a place in the storm. The boats, they better get to the safe harbor because if they're caught out there in the storms, they're going to sink. Their boats are going to be destroyed. But if they can get to the safe harbor, there's a shelter there. There's a place to tie your boat up that's protected from the storm. And Jesus is that safe harbor for our lives. We're going to struggle because we can't create the harvest. And people are stubborn, and people are hard-hearted, and people are evil, and people are deceitful. And sometimes you have believers, true believers, and you have make-believers. Right? And so it's a, it's, it's, it's a struggle, and it's going to break our hearts when we realize some people were just make-believers. And they betrayed us or they betrayed the faith and walk away from the Lord and it's going to hurt. And we've got to have a safe harbor in Christ. And in that safe harbor, we've got to take Jesus by the hand because storms of doubt are going to come. And there's going to be reasons to doubt. Satan is good at creating great sounding reasons that it can't be true, that, uh, that that God is not there, that uh, you're too far off for God to help, things are too dark, whatever the doubt is. But we've got to remember that just as Peter sunk in that water when he took his eyes on Jesus and he reached out and said, Jesus, save me. And Jesus, it said, immediately grabbed him. It wasn't Peter's grip on Jesus that saved him. But it was the grip of Jesus on Peter. And that's true for your life as well. As long as you're reaching out to the Savior, it's not your grip. It's not the fact that you were baptized uh, as a child in the baptistry here or that you made a. it's It's not what you did that saves you. It's the grip of Jesus Christ on your life that saves you hold fast to that and remember that you're going to feel like you can't hang on anymore there's often people that will say that god uh, won't give you more than you can handle that is not true that is not biblical god we obviously will uh, give you more than you can handle so that you'll turn to him as long as you can handle it you're not turning to god you're going to handle it you're going to do it yourself and so the, true, the the where they get that idea is God says that He will not allow you to be tempted with sin more than you can handle. Uh, no temptation will overcome you unless you allow to. There will always be a way of escape. And so that's where they get that idea, but th- th- that's you know God's not going to tempt you with sin. God's going to allow you to to find power to overcome sinful strongholds or addictions or whatever is going on in your life. We may ignore that help from God and go our own way, but life circumstances will, will become more than we can handle. And that's when we turn to God. That's when we're going to turn to Him. And so we encourage you to think about that. It's not Your grip on Jesus. It's not that, oh, my grandma's faith is going to... No, your grandma's faith is not going to save you. It's not your grandma's grip on Jesus that's going to save you. It's, does Jesus truly have your life? Have you genuinely, with all your heart, reached up to Him and said, Jesus, save me. I'm drowning in my sin. I'm drowning in my uh, darkness. I'm drowning in this world. Jesus, save me. And do you know that He has grabbed you and pulled you out? And He's got you in His grip. And if there is any doubt about that in your life, then you need to be saved today. Because you're going to know when Jesus has you in His grip. You're going to know when you are His. And that's the kind of faith that we want to, you, you to have. We don't want you to have, man, I sure, I sure hope that when I die it will be okay. You know? no, we, that's, a, that's what Satan wants you to think. So that you don't have to have a certainty. We want you to have a certainty, I belong to Jesus. And that is walking by faith. That I am His and His alone. Find a safe harbor in Jesus Christ in the midst of the storm. And then walking by faith is worshiping Jesus for who He is. For all He has done and for all He promises to do in the future. In verse 33, it says, they worshiped Jesus. Imagine that scene of worship. They had gone from we're going to die to we're seeing a ghost to what is going on to worshiping Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There was no longer any doubt about it. They didn't want... I mean, there was no... It was This man is God's Son. He is the Savior of the world. And they worshiped Him. Are you at that place? There will continue to be storms. There will continue to be darkness. There will continue to be distance throughout your life. Struggles and hardships. And you need to know that Jesus is the Savior. That He is the Son of God. And you need to live a lifestyle that worships Him. And that's what it amounts to. Your lifestyle either worships you And you bow down, you know, you bow down to things that make you happy and make you feel good, and and they're your God, and that's how you get through life, and that's how you cope with things. And so, in in a sense, you worship yourself, and that's what Satan loves more than anything, is to see us doing what God has not created us to do. You think about all the, the big topic issues that the world is against, and they're the ones that the Bible uh, says are wrong. What God says is, is wrong and sin is what the world uh, headlines. And, and that's what they say. We want to make this normal because the Bible says it's wrong. And so think about that. Satan is trying to get us to worship what God says. Do not worship. This is evil. This is darkness. This is not good And that's what Satan presses us to worship. And so we're either worshiping ourselves in some form or another, and really at the heart of it, we just think we're good the way we are and we don't need to repent and we don't need to change and, uh, and we're fine, or we're worshiping Jesus Christ realizing I'm lost and I am sinful and I am unworthy and I need a Savior. Are you worshiping yourself or are you worshiping the Savior? Jesus is so worthy of our worship for all that He has done, for all that He is, and for all the hope that He promises for us in the future. Are you worshiping the Savior? And then Matthew 14 closes with Jesus healing more people who are sick. And so walking by faith is entrusting our health to God while remembering that ultimate healing is found in heaven. In the midst of sickness, our help and healing come from the Lord. And that's a powerful thing. If we need to walk by faith, we must remember that. Our health, it's in His hands. And we see Jesus heal so many if they just touched the hem of His garment, the fringe of His garment, they were healed, they were made well that day. But that may not be the case for you and I. Just because Jesus did that there, that doesn't mean that those miraculous healings take place for everybody every day. That may not be the case. There are still healings today, and I believe God still works miracles, but the fact that they are miracles means they don't happen all the time. And it might be that for us, our healing is going to take place in heaven. And you know what? It's going to to take faith to believe that. You have to walk by faith to believe that. My ultimate healing is in heaven. And I want to be healed of this sickness, and I want to be well right now immediately. But until that comes, and until God heals me, I'm going to trust in Him. And so do we truly believe that, that our ultimate healing comes when we go to be with the Lord forever and we truly find our hope in Him? Are you entrusting your health to God? Praying for that. I want to be healthy. You want to be healthy. Uh, and yet, when sickness comes, we've got to walk by faith and trust in Him Till our last breath, pray for a miracle. But also realize that the greatest answer to any prayer for healing is heaven. All Any other miracle can do. All these people were healed, yes, but they died. They got sick later on and they weren't healed. Or they died of old age. Or they died in an accident or whatever else might have happened to them. And so, yes, they were healed here. But if we knew their stories, they died again. They died. And, uh, and so it gives us more time. Yes. And of course, we want that. And that's awesome. But ultimate healing comes in heaven. And I've known people that have got to that place in life where they're just ready. They're like, God, why am I still here? Right? They're, they're at that phase in life where they're ready to be in heaven. And that should be our heart. And our hope is, yes, Lord, give me more time to serve You and to shine Your light and to share Your love. And uh, and yet, if You're ready for me, I'm ready to be there. Our ultimate healing comes from heaven. So I want you to take that in today. I want to encourage you to take Matthew 14. Study it in depth this week. Pray over every verse. Think about these powerful stories Uh, These true stories of our Savior Jesus Christ and who He is. And I want you to go to the Lord and truly are you walking by faith. Are you walking by faith in this world of political division and protests and uh, coronavirus and the government restrictions and whatever else is out there. Are you walking by faith in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ? Are you believing in a sea-walking Savior? And are you trusting in Him for hope? Are you trusting in Him for harvest? For safe harbor? For the help and the healing that you need? And most importantly, are you trusting in Him for heaven? Do you know that if today is your last day and you stand before God, that He would say, welcome, come on in. I know you. Uh, You are mine. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Do you know that you're in a right relationship with God? We challenge you, don't be a make-believer. We don't need more. We don't need any more of that. Be a 100% sold out believer in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's calling you to take up your cross and deny yourself and follow Him. Not just, yeah, say you're a believer and do what you want. Take up your cross. Identify with Him. The cross was a thing of shame. Identify with Jesus Christ that He became our sin, that He died for us on the cross, and God raised Him from the dead. Take up your cross. Identify with Jesus Christ. Believe the Word of God. Deny yourself. Part of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Satan. Can make us feel like we don't have any control and we just gotta keep on sinning because that's just the way it is, and there's nothing we can know. There is something you can do about it. Fill your life with the Holy Spirit, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So you can go on with a lifestyle that says, Oh well, we're all sinners, and I'm just gonna just keep on. But that's not denying yourself. That's not you know, that's a make believer mentality. Believe in what God has done. Believe in Jesus Christ. Take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow Him. Are you believing in a sea-walking Savior? A Savior who can walk on water and rescue you from this world of darkness and sin. As we close this service today with a Tama invitation, I encourage you, It might be that today is your last day on this earth. I don't know and you don't know. And so we want you to be right with the Lord. And if today you know the Spirit has convicted you that you're drowning in your sin and you have been a make-believer and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, we encourage you, do it today. Put your trust in Him today. Cry out to Him. Peter's prayer was, Lord, save me. And it can be that simple. It doesn't have to be an elaborate prayer. It can be, Lord, I'm dying in my sins. Save me today. And we encourage you as we close and we sing this final hymn together, this final song together, cry out to Him. Ask Him to save you. Maybe you're a believer and you need to say, Lord, save me. Doubt is, is, is discouraging me. I'm struggling. I I'm, I'm, uh, feel like I'm tossed about in the storm. Help me. Save me. Maybe you're praying for healing or strength or hope or whatever it is. But as we close this service today, let's worship Him. And let's praise Him. Let's pray together. God, we come before You to thank You for Your Word and Your truth. And I thank You for hope that we have hope to share today. Real, true hope. Hope that is going to come to pass as sure as we are here today. You are going to return and You are going to make this world right again. And You are going to separate the sheep from the goats You're going to separate the believers from the make-believers. And God, You're going to bring purity and reality back to this world and remove deception and remove the darkness and bring the light. And that is what we pray for. And God, before it is too late, I pray for those that are lost and deceived. I pray for those that are make-believing. And God, I pray for Your deliverance today. That you would deliver us from evil. And that you would bring about a great harvest today. A harvest that leads to worship. Lifestyles that worship you with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. So, God, as we pray, as we close the day, help us to close in worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.